0: and welcome to The Great
1: Indoors, the podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Sophie Robinson and I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And you can sign up to be a member of The Great Indoors Insiders to support the podcast, enjoy ad-free listening and get bonus content as well as first dibs on ticketed events. More on that in a bit. Just visit thegreatindoorspodcast.com. That's
0: thegreatindoorspodcast.com. Yes, exciting stuff. But first, on today's episode, we are talking about how to make the old look new. Yes, we're all here for the vintage furniture and floral wallpaper, but there's an art to making it look fresh and modern and, well, you know what I mean? Not like like a bit of a junk shop. Well, exactly. I mean, grannycore may be
1: cool for young people on TikTok, but the idea of trying to embrace one's inner granny is a little too close for comfort, if you ask me.
0: <laughs> I know what you mean. So before we dive into all of that... We've got some super exciting news for you. Wait are
1: all- going on a summer holiday well actually it's an October holiday we are all going on an
0: autumn holiday <laughs> and we want to take you with us yes we're absolutely thrilled to announce that we've teamed up with Trova Trip to arrange a five-day design holiday to Italy
1: you heard that right two days in Milan the centre of Italian design with a very special fornasetti related trip exclusive details on that only to be revealed when you book, before a trip out to the oh-so-fabulous Lake Como. And then, two nights in...
0: Venice! Including a trip to a glass-blowing factory on the island of Murano. Yeah, we're going to be making pasta, drinking wine and exploring all the wonderful sights and sounds of these two amazing cities. There are just 24 places available.
1: And in addition to spending time with us and other like-minded design lovers, we will also be giving you a special copy of our secret Milan address book. So you can do some exploring on your own in free time or keep it for when you make a return visit. So whether it's finding the best table at the Campari Bar by the Duomo or knowing where to find the best coffee and risotto, we'll have all the details.
0: Oh, I'm so super excited because do you know what? I've never been to either Venice or Milan, so I mean, I just can't wait to discover it all with you. And I know and love both of them,
1: and Lake Como has been on my bucket list forever, so we really hope you fancy coming with us on
0: this design trip of a lifetime. Better still, this trip excludes flight, so you get to Milan under your own steam, meaning that wherever you live in the world, you can come and join us on this trip, if you can get yourself to Milan, that is. So booking for this exciting trip will go live on the 11th of May. But for subscribers to The Great Indoors Insiders, go check your inboxes as you've been sent the link for first dibs on grabbing your place on this most exciting excursion. I cannot wait for you to join us. Now, should we crack on with the show? Yes, let's. So today's topic is all about how to make the old look new. And this is a trend that we've seen developing, I think, over the last few years. More and more people getting down with the granny sheet, getting down with the brown furniture. We're seeing a lot of different design eras coming through. Is it 70s? Is it 80s? Is it 60s? Is mid-century modern over? All these sorts of conversations are being had all the time. But I think there is a little bit of an art to creating a balance between using nods to period details, be it antiques or vintage, and still making your home look quite fresh and contemporary. Yes, it's interesting
1: because you're absolutely right. There is more of a trend. I mean, I use that, I'm sort of slightly frightened to use that word, but more and more of us are getting into buying vintage furniture and incorporating it with what we've got. But that's also a very deliberate decision. You know, I fancy that old table I found on Facebook Marketplace. It'll go with what I've got. There's another side to this, and that is those pieces of inherited furniture, which are quite often old, heavy, brown. And, you know, maybe it's your granny's desk and it's a piece that has huge sentimental value and you want to have it in your house, but it really doesn't fit with your style. And that, that I think, is quite difficult. And it puts me in mind, I don't know if you ever watched it, that that great um, sitcom of the 90s, Frasier. Did you ever watch that? Oh, yes, I did, yeah. Yeah. So if you remember, Frasier lives in this very shishy apartment in Seattle. And there's a big thing about how his sofa is a copy of Coco Chanel's sofa from the Ritz. And it's all other than that, very mid century. And then his dad moves in and he day's dad brings his old scratty parker knoll lazy boy chair and it's brown and green stripes and and this thing sits in the middle of the set for the entire series and and no effort is made to incorporate it and this is it's a separate story about (laughs) how much they love the dad but it it does pain them to see it and we have I say inherited My husband, the mad husband, has this table which came from his mother's house and it's a small side table and it's got quite ornately carved legs. I think it's rosewood with brass feet and it's got an inlay on the top and it's got a sort of frilly, I think they call it pie crust edge and it's really not our style but he loves that table because it's you know it means something to it It came from his childhood home and you know we've been staring at this thing going you know we we've got
0: to make this work somehow so i'm all ears sophie Make that table work <laughs> in my house. <laughs> well, similarly, I've had to incorporate things in my home. And maybe, Kate, this is a time of life thing that as the older you get, the more stuff starts coming your way, right? So I sort of had the first wave of when my grandparents died. The one set of grandparents lived in Australia, so nothing came from them, obviously. But the grandparents who lived here in the UK, I inherited loads of stuff. And there was a lot of friction in the family and this feeling of responsibility, really from my uncle, I guess, that, you know, you need to keep this stuff. It's your responsibility to hand it down. And this isn't any high value stuff either, Kate. It's not like (laughs) I'm going to take it off to Sotheby's anytime soon. Well, let me tell you, my granny told us that her dining room chairs were
1: Chippendales and and we were all very excited about retiring, but (laughs) turns out not so much. Bit of the repro
0: Chippendale. But I think actually, you know, you have to kind of treat it with a bit bit of, be a bit sensible and pragmatic about it. So I've kept the pieces of my granny's furniture that fit within my house as a nice, Hall table. Oh God, now I'm. Th- I've got an armchair. I'm thinking. God, that's it. Actually, the rest. The rest did go because it didn't fit in my home. They were cumbersome, the wrong size. I didn't have a spot for them. So I think I don't agree that we should keep things. Because our homes are museums to the past. But if a old piece of family furniture, like a bit like with your husband's piece, it sparks some happy memories, then absolutely keep one or two. And I think the good news is, is I think old antique pieces in the home can look really cool actually. I think if you've if you go overly new and everything shiny, shiny straight out the catalogue, then a home can feel a little sterile. So I think there is a there's a really there is a gift to having family-inherited pieces. I mean, it could be furniture, it could... I've also got a lovely big plate that came from my great-great-grandfather, apparently... And I have that hanging on the wall. Uh, it looks a bit bonkers with all the sort of modern pieces of artwork that I like to collect. <laughs> but that's
1: a good bonkers. That's a kind of easier thing. I think plates and an artwork, you know, I love old paintings. And don't know if any of you know the author, Jojo Moyes, super successful author. I used to sit next to her, you know, back when I worked at the <laughs> Independent. She put me to shame. She was constantly writing and I was staggering to work with a baby. And she was like, oh, I've got three babies. I've written a book and I'm your boss. Great. Um, anyhow... <laughs> Lovely Jojo, she shares on Instagram that she, she buys old oil paintings of women from car boot sales. I don't think she spends very much money on them. And she's called them. She's a series and she calls it Grumpy Woman Who've Had Enough of Your SH1T. And it's hilarious. So she's not inherited them, but it's just a kind of old series. So I think incorporating art can be easier. And I love that juxtaposition between old and new. I'm thinking of that heavy Victorian series. Sideboard or desk that and I think the real issue to this is you've got to avoid the Fraser route of just plonking it in the room and hoping that it will be OK and not mind your <laughs> modern three piece sofa and, you know, bamboo coffee table. So I think what you've got to do is find a way. This is where the red thread is key. You've got to find a way to invite it into the rest of the room. You know, you cannot have it lurking in the corner like an uninvited guest. You've got to bring it in. So there are little tricks you can do. And you've talked a lot about this with how you use yellow. So, for example, if you've got, you know, a a yellow plate on your coffee table, you might have a vase of, daffodils on top of that table or a yellow vase or something that kind of links it together. Maybe you've got a marble coffee table and a little marble clock or dish on top of the object, something that that brings it in, but that you incorporate it. And I interviewed, small plug coming up for my new book, I interviewed Catherine Ormerod and she lives in rented accommodation. And she was very clever on this, I thought, because she said, you can't ignore the things you've got. And she was talking specifically in relation to that, the sort of the renter's silver grey carpet, which anybody who lives in rented flats will be familiar with. And she wasn't allowed to replace this carpet. But equally none of her decor had grey in it and she felt that everything was going to look plonked on top. So what she did when she bought her own cushions was she made sure they had a little bit of grey in them and that wasn't, as she was very clear... That wasn't necessarily her ideal choice, but it meant everything looked pulled together and cohesive because the little touches of grey in the cushions linked with the grey carpet that she couldn't do anything about. And she created an all over look. And I think if you've got a piece of furniture that's dark and heavy and that looks plonked in, maybe you get some kind of dark and heavy candlesticks and you have them on a mantelpiece. Just a small touch so that that piece doesn't look isolated. But I think you've done that, Sophie, with chairs. And one of another kind of quite simple way to do that, if you've got an old fashioned chair, is to reupholster it because the chances are it's going to need reupholstering and use a really modern fabric.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love to do that. And for me, I think this is this is the kind of like creative blend that I think that works so beautifully in interiors is this subtle mixing of the old and new. They don't have to stand apart. You can kind of I don't know crossbreed them and you can Frankenstein them. Ooh. <laughs> Um, that's maybe not the word we're looking for I feel that frankensteining
1: your furniture is not entirely the reassuring look we're
0: going for but um yeah I, I mean I sort of get the point <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I know that I take that back no so it's sort of like reinventing stuff so yes it's really easy to do with a furniture I've got quite a quite a few bits actually that I've kept. I've got my grandmother's Berger cane chairs which are about to go through a new uh, reinvention now we've made over the conservatory. So they're off to the upholsterers this week to get recovered in something really modern and cool. And then I've got a lovely little Edwardian chair that's in my son's room. Actually Arthur has just declared that he doesn't want it in there anymore. It's quite interesting isn't it? He's 12 and he we decorated his room when he was five and he's loved it all oh, Way up until this point and now there are views oh yeah he wants to change his room oh i remember the views coming in yeah the views are coming in he wants to go he wants the red to go he wants to go dark green and he wants to get rid of grandpa's old Edwardian armchair, which I think is fair enough, isn't it? But that gives me an opportunity to cover it in something fab and put it somewhere else. So I think it's lovely to live with these old things for a long time. And as your tastes change or you move home or decoration changes, you can, um, you can change them with fabrics, whether it's upholstered or loose covers. There's actually another really clever trick
1: you've done, which um, because I think a lot of the time you might do these things, I might do these things on instinct. And it's true, there's a bit of an art, or you need to think about how it doesn't look like a junk shop. Mm. So when I uh, did the recent project, which we've spoken about before at St. James, which was making over these um, luxury apartments, but very heritage, in Mayfair in central London. And the idea was that it was all going to be vintage, reused, pre-loved, second-hand. you know, sustainable was the sort of idea behind it. And the woman I was working with at um, Obard Design, was. she kept saying to me, "How oh, is it going to look like a junk shop? And I was like, no, no, it's going to be fine because it's all in the mix of how you do it. But you do have to be careful because you don't
0: want it to look like you've just stumbled into your local branch of the charity shop. So how did you approach that then? How did you stop it looking like a junk shop?
1: Well, one of the things I was going to pick up on, one of the things you've said you've done, where you've got an old table and you hang a piece of modern art. So that, again, is that
0: juxtaposition. The juxtaposition of the old and new. Yeah, nice. Yeah.
1: And we did it because we had maybe modern chairs with covers on them or, you know, we you can also mix periods. So we had some quite industrial metal lamps over the kitchen tables or the dining room tables. And while they were still vintage, they were from a different period. So you can bring in, you know, a bit of a hard edge metallic or metal industrial and that weirdly mixes quite well with this sort of dark ornate Victorian furniture so it is a little bit of trial and error but what what interior designers like to talk about is the tension um and and what I think that you know they mean kind of contrast so yes it's old and new but it might also be you know heavy ornate carved mahogany with A brightly coloured enamel metal industrial light fitting. So you're sort of mixing things that way and that kind of works.
0: You're right Kate I mean it's, it's very difficult to give people a formula because it is a bit of an art and it's much easier just to go out and buy matchy matchy oh let's buy the set of dining room tables and chairs that matches the sideboard etc cetera, etc cetera. maybe how you know our parents decorated but that's really not what we're doing now we're approaching decoration in a much more organic flowing eclectic way in the pursuit, I suppose, of telling our own story and making a home feel like it's more fluid and more personal, not that out-of-the-catalogue look where you've bought everything new. And that's very much, I think, the way to decorate these days. But it's really hard to explain how it's done. And I think my sort of top top piece of advice is don't feel like you have permission to mash it up, is basically what we're saying. Yeah. You have permission to have that lovely mahogany dining table with an industrial reclaimed polish factory light hanging over the top like it's cool it's fine yeah it's cool indeed and it's kind of I guess up to you to get a feel for what your own personal style is with this and how far you can flex it but I think actually old pieces can make a a contemporary interior look really exciting and a bit out of the ordinary
1: I think there's another point which actually it it's a bit kind of woo woo but it's also (laughs) true and that is if you have an old piece which might not at first glance look like it belongs in your interior, if it's something that means something to you and you love it and you've put family photographs on it or a pair of very modern candlesticks or whatever it is, if you've incorporated that into the whole look, it will work because you will have confidence in it because it will be reflecting you and the people that live there. So I do think there's an element to to not getting sort of panic stricken by how you're going to make it work because it is your home and you will have brought other things in and that will make it work. So do kind of relax and and play a bit. And maybe that candlestick that you thought was going to go on there doesn't work. But there's a vase up in a bedroom that does. Or maybe you're walking down the high street and you see something really cheap and cheerful in the window of, you know, H&M or a high street store and you think, oh, That's the bit I'm looking for. You know, do relax into it.
0: Yeah, and it's going back to that go slow approach to decorating, isn't it? It's not fresh out the box, fresh, everything ready to go. It is something that you enjoy growing over the time, picking... You know, we're talking about family inherited furniture, actually... We haven't even touched on the whole mega world of vintage furniture out there, um, which is where I get a lot of my pieces from, quite frankly, whether it's going to some of the vintage shops in Brighton. Brighton and Lewis, close to where I live, have the most amazing antique and vintage shops. Going to the car boot sale, or if I'm on holiday anywhere in Europe, there's always a flea market, isn't there? Oh, a bit of the old (laughs) brock Yeah, yeah. Yeah, partial to a brock So... There's all of that too, as well as online marketplaces. Do you shop online for vintage ever?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how we did quite a lot of the furniture for, for the flats in Mayfair in St. James, because, you know, a lot of, you can't necessarily. You, I mean, there are big warehouses out in Norfolk and Suffolk where you can go and sort of trolley round for the day. But, you know, we were doing five apartments. We did not have time or the luxury of a day out to just go and look round one place and and see if it had what we wanted. And the key to a lot of those places, if you're going to visit them, it's like shopping vintage in the, in your charity shop or your secondhand designer clothes shop. You have to sort of go all the time and see what they've got and see the changeover. So Lisa Dawson's always popping into her
0: local place in York. I can't remember what it's called, the French house or something. Yeah, you say Lisa Dawson like everyone knows who she is, but she's an Instagrammer, but also author of that and clever book, Resourceful Living, which has got loads of her takes on how she blends old and new and shops for vintage. So that's also worth looking at
1: the point there though is that she goes to these shops all the time and she pops in so she knows what they've got and so for her because that's her local shop it doesn't matter if she goes one week and there's nothing mm. she goes the next week and there is something but you know when as I say when we were doing these flats in Mayfair we didn't have the luxury of doing that so we were shopping online you know places like Vinteria eBay, Facebook Marketplace. And, and we've spoken before about how to be very precise about your search terms and know what you're looking for. And crucially, measure. I still, all these years in, I can look at a tape measure and I can go, okay, that's one metre 20. I totally know what that looks like. And then it turns up and I'm like, hey, it's really small. But I know what one <laughs> metre 20 is. I mean, I don't know what it is about things, even if you measure them. So So, you know, measure again and again. And if necessary put a couple of cardboard boxes in the space that you've cut to the right size because it's just uh, intellectually, you know what it measures. But when you put it in the space, it's not the same thing. I bought this mirror from Etsy for our downstairs shower room. And this, if you like, is a bit of the contrast. We've done the shower room in effectively green and white tiles in a checkerboard, dark green walls. So it's quite kind of modern and geometric. And I found this mirror on Etsy which I believe is called Verona style. It's very curly. I would go a bit rococo um, and it's made from resin and it's dark red and it's beautiful. And and I knew when I looked at it on Etsy that it was 35 centimetres tall and I know what 35 centimetres looks like. And it turned up and I'm like, that's really small. Yeah, 35 mean, centimetres is quite small. I'm thinking maybe the wall got bigger, but, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, but it you know, it I don't know it's not the same, oh, the struggle is real, the struggle is real. No, I think it's never been better time to to shop online is it and th- and not only that is some of the shops that I like to go to in Brighton again, I can't get into Brighton that often. they're now posting stuff daily on their Instagram accounts, so if you do have any local vintage dealers or shops. Yeah, it's worth giving them a follow. Absolutely. And uh, and, ta- and making sure you, you see their posts so you can see any stuff as it comes in. And the other
1: thing that, you know, one can dream of inheriting, I, I have, I'm going to go with stolen rather than inherited, the old Persian rugs uh, from my mother's mm. house. And, you know, this is where I come into this idea of layering rugs because... If you if you manage to pick up a rug, you're lucky if it's the right size. Often if you need a really big one, it's really expensive. So you end up with some smaller ones. So layering them and those Persian heavy ornate rugs in the same way that when you're mixing textiles and a stripe loves a floral, that classic. IKEA black and white I think it's the Stockholm Rand rug that loves a bit of Persian rug and oh, you can yeah. make it bigger so you can have your Persian rug as your sort of vintage color you can make it bigger with the Stockholm Rand rug b- beside it to make it go over a bigger area so you can layer rugs in the same way that you're layering furniture or another trick if you've got a small rug is to have a really big sisal or jute rug Underneath it, and then put your vintage rug on top so you've got more surface area. So, again, there are other ways to incorporate the
0: old with the new. Yeah, talking about rugs, we're sort of moving into textiles, and I think this is another interesting area to blend old and new. This made me think of the fabric collection that I've got coming out in Harlequin later this year. We've put together a series of 25 different prints, and we've gone into the Sanderson archive. The Sanderson archive, they've got the biggest collection of archived wallpapers and fabric samples going back hundreds of years. They've got the whole William Morris collection, obviously, famously. So I was lucky enough to go in there and pick out some old vintage patterns. Obviously, florals is what I went for. And then we've recolored them. The Harlequin team have recolored them in the studio in really modern colour palettes. And I think this is a really lovely way to blend the old and the new. So the fabric collection contains quite florally chintzes. There's some nice sort of 50s florals in there. There's some much older ones. And then we've also mixed them with contemporary designs because the Harlequin team, they've got, you know, amazing set of textile designers in-house who've then put modern prints with the collection. So I think when you look at it, you'll see classic stripes, vintage kind of chintzy florals and then some more modern hand painterly designs all sitting among one another. And I love that play that tension, that get, the position the tension, the oh, tension. <laughs> of very, very modern prints with archive prints, but they are all held together with that colour palette. And for me, obviously, it's quite a bright chromatic colour palette. Whatever colour palette it is for you, that's how you can make the old and new blend together, if you like. And
1: I might have come at it from the other way. I mean, you're right, Ben Pentreath has done a similar thing. He's recoloured the William Morris in very modern, intense colours. And, of course, you're sitting, everybody will be familiar, or well, a lot of people will be familiar with your office, with its House of Hackney Artemis print. And, of course, that's a very traditional kind of big floral pattern, and it does come in muted colours. But you, of course, have gone for the bubble bubblegum pink yeah. background, <laughs> which is a much more surprising color combination so you can you can bring old and new together that way and then if you've done that in your wallpaper you're already making it much easier to mix your period furniture styles in front of it because you've done that if you like to the fabric of the room I've gone in slightly the other direction it won't surprise you to know that I have not taken the Sophie route to my decor (laughs) I have wallpaper in my bedroom And I also have, I have a Mind the Gap design, which is, again, a quite traditional floral pattern, but it's in shades of sort of cream and browny green. It's only got two colours, but it's a very heavily designed floral pattern. And I was worried, again, that this might make my bedroom look a bit granny. So I had to find a way to kind of Punk it up if you like. So, what I've done is instead of doing traditional white woodwork or even brown or green woodwork to tone with this colour, which is a bit browny green, I've gone for pink. And that's a little bit unexpected and just kind of makes the whole wallpaper look slightly more modern. It's brought in a more modern touch to it. So, then I've had radiators put in and door handles in this heavy bronze colour. So i have just kind of mixing it up a bit that way with a traditional wallpaper and slightly more modern round the edges and you've gone for a more kind of modern take on the coloured
0: wallpaper. So it's all a big game! Let's just play! <laughs> <laughs> and then let's finish on the note as well that it's also a great way to save money. When the budget's tight you got to love a bit of pre-loved. So, uh, so it's win-win! There you go. And we all encourage you to make the old look new whatever's right for you. Two. So I hope that's inspired you to embrace a little pre-loved magic into your homes. For our Great Indoors Insiders, Kate and I have compiled our list of favourite places to source pre-loved and vintage furniture that you can find in this week's newsletter. As well as some Instagram accounts and blogs to go and
1: get further inspiration. We've also included some pictures of how we have used old vintage
0: pieces in our own homes. If you've not signed up to become a Great Indoors Insider, then why not visit thegreatindoorspodcast.com and start enjoying the bonus benefits today. That's all we've got time for this week. Remember Insiders to check out the details of that trip to Italy.
1: Yes, another reason to get yourself signed up to the Great Indoors Insiders so you get a chance to
0: grab that booking as places
1: are limited.
0: Oh, I cannot wait for that trip. You, me and a host of our design buddies. It'll be fabulous.
1: We are so looking forward to hanging out with you in Milan, in Venice,
0: at (laughs) Lake Como. It's going to be great. Meanwhile, make sure you tune in next week as we will have an insightful interview with Matt Siberi, head of home at Pinterest, who is the man best placed to tell us what's new, what's trending, and what we are quietly quitting in the world of interiors. You are all over this quietly quitting. (laughs) Not a week goes by without you quietly quitting something. I'm going to just say this
1: if I'm quitting anything, I'm doing it noisily. I am really looking forward to that chat because Pinterest tells us what's actually happening and what people are really doing rather than what forecasters and magazines tell us what they think will happen.
0: Or will be revealed. And don't forget, you can send any of your star surgery questions, be they trend-related or otherwise. We love a voice note, but email is fine too. Just send them to help at thegreatindoors.com. But for now, thanks so much to our producer, Sarah Cudden of Feast
1: Collective. And thanks so much to you for listening.
0: And we'll see you in The Great
1: Indoors.
0: Uh, Lucy, quiet. Oh, gosh, I might have to let the dog out one second. you
1: want to go out? She's like, whoop, yes, I want to go out. Small pause while Sophie realises she's lost the key. Oh, no, she's back.